Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I'm Prue Warren, representing all authors who are not feeling very secure in their in their writer journey. And thankfully, I'm with my co-host. Hello, I am Meredith Bond, and I am here to help if possible. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Meredith, today we have a twofer on our podcast. We had planned to talk about archetypes, and we're going to talk about archetypes because I don't even know the definition of the word. I'm very excited to hear about it. But also, we were talking, you had mentioned the possibility of a Patreon. And I, once again, I need a definition. I hear of people doing Patreons, and I just don't know what they are. So what do you want to start with? Patreons got me kind of fascinated. Can we tease people say archetypes is coming up? But first, here's a discussion on Patreon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Patreon is so interesting. It's built off of that concept that historically artists have used where they have a patron who supports their art and basically pays them, right? Um, And so there's this website called Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, where artists and podcasters and writers and whoever can create an account. And basically, you ask people to subscribe to your work. And people can, and you set the different levels. So you can have a $1 a month level, a $3 a month level, a $5 a month level, and whatever you want. And so you have lots of levels. Is it always an ongoing commitment? Yes. It's a subscription. Wow. Okay. So people subscribe and for the different amounts of money, they get different perks. So for $1 a month, maybe they get all of our back podcasts or something. And for $5 a month, they get a live Q&A with Prue and Mary. And Ah. we would set that up as a live podcast where people either write in their questions beforehand or and uh, send them to us right then and there. And we would just have a live podcast where we would answer people's questions. And all of our subscribers could be there and watching and participating. And then we would have something else perhaps for $15 a month or $10 a month, whatever. We could- I'll change the oil in your car. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, is to help us pay for doing this because it does cost us a bit of money. So that's fascinating. But it also feels moderately arrogant, doesn't it? And how, how do you mean? How do you mean? Uh, I feel like uh, 
here you and I are every every week we beg people send us a question right and and three people have so far and we love them but it seems unlikely that people would right pay more <laughs> pay anything in order to ask us the questions that we're begging them to ask us anyway i don't think we're there yet well it is entirely possible that we're not there yet we are still brand new i mean we haven't even been doing this for a year what we've been at this for like 6 months right we have 34 35 episodes yeah maybe it's a little early to start doing it but if we get anybody interested wouldn't that be cool it would be kind of cool it would be kind of cool but it also it also i'm not brave enough yet to assume that my words in my case words of ignorance your words of wisdom and my words of ignorance uh, i mean it's 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 scary for me to charge for a book <laughs> <laughs> i i don't want to you know be the storm anchor on your fast sailing vessel if we want to set up a patreon let's set up a patreon but i am i'm slightly I'm I'm not brave enough to do. I'm not brave enough to say that's a great idea. I think I'm I'm brave enough to say, let's wait until we have enough um, listeners and subscribers, and we can't handle all the questions we've got coming. I'm totally fine with that. The idea came up when I was reading an article from the Alliance of Independent Authors. Ooh, the Alliance of Independent Authors. They are a British-based group of independent authors. It's, uh, they go by the acronym A-L-L-I, so ally. Okay. Um, and I'm a member because it's a, it's a really useful, really wonderful, supportive group where you can ask all sorts of questions about publishing and writing, and there are writers of every stamp, you know, every genre, um, Americans and Brits and Aussies and people from all over the world. Um, but in their newsletter, they published a piece saying that Apple and Spotify are going to begin to have paid subscriptions to podcasts. So... Uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, because wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Does that mean that Apple and Spotify are going to insist that if someone wants to listen to the Writer's Block Party podcast, they need to pay? No, it will be voluntary. So if we wanted to charge a subscription for the Writer's Block Party podcast, we can or could. We will be I able to. I see. So these great big podcasts that have millions of listeners, they're going to make 50 cents a listen or a dollar a listen or something, and they're monetizing their podcasts. Exactly. They are monetizing their podcast. So um, Apple, let's see, I'm looking at the article. Apple is offering paid podcasts. You get a 70% royalty, which rises to 85% after a year, and prices can start from 49 cents. I guess a month. Uh, Spotify is going to do the same thing. They Man. are going. Well, that's the work uh, of the devil. Come on. That's, that annoys me. 
For Spotify podcasts, they can choose from three pricing tiers, $3, $5, and $8 per month. And the podcasters get to keep the whole thing for the first year. And then after that, Spotify will take 5%. Wow. Wow. Well, wow. And by the way, we're on Spotify now. Yay. Yay for us on Spotify. Yay. I'll tell you, I have real, I have, I have, I have mixed emotions about this because I think the glory of podcasts is you sit through a couple of commercials, but you know, that's okay. I, I, and for podcasts like ours, it's completely commercial free and just free. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Meredith Bond. I need to think about this. I don't, I don't think I like it. You don't like the idea of monetizing. Yeah, I don't like the idea of monetizing. I think podcasts are a glorious source of information and they become friends and you don't want to pay for your friends. I don't know. I don't know. I should probably, you know, one of our things we're talking about in one of our sessions coming up is a business plan. And I don't have a very good business plan as witnessed by the fact that I think monetizing a podcast, no, no, don't make me pay to sit with a cup of coffee and talk to my friends. I'm Jack Allen. All right. All right. You've introduced a new concept to me and I need it to grow on me. I would like now to turn to archetypes because I find the podcast discussion unnerving. Okay. Are you okay? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. We are going to completely shift gears. Yes. Pushing that clutch shift to second. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we're Arch- going to work. Let's talk about archetypes. Okay. Tell me how you define an archetype. Okay. I will give you the. Do I have the official definition? Yeah, of you want me to look, look one up or something? Sure. I had one up earlier and of course I closed that window. All right. All right. I've got, I've got Google is my friend. Okay. I have a bunch of info on. Jungian archetypes that would be the archetypes established by Carl Jung, the famous psychologist. Right. And okay. Have, Archetype, a recurring symbol or motif in literature, art, or mythology. That's the third definition. The other two are less literary, a very typical example of a certain person or thing and an original that has been imitated. Yeah. But I think for our purposes, a recurrent symbol or motif in literature, art, or mythology is probably what we want. Well, the thing is, is that what we're looking at is characters. And so we're we're kind of delving into the psychology of our characters. (laughs) Outstanding. Okay, let's. So the interesting thing here is that when you are developing a character, to know what archetype that character falls into will help you to figure out what sort of person that they are and therefore what they'll do in the situations in which you put them. Nice. Is this, are we getting into when people do analysis of characters by the Myers-Briggs test or by any of those? Yes. It Precisely. Is. All right. It is exactly that. Okay. Uh, I have a tiny question. And when I read the word, I say archetype, like architect, but you say archetype. Do you happen to know? It's just no, a thing. I don't. 
It's just, it's just a this thing. is a word that we only read, and so we right. can pronounce it any way we want. <laughs> like speaking Latin. Nobody speaks Latin. Okay, so the basic, the, the one you're going to go over now is the Jungian archetypes. So I'll just quickly go over the Jungian archetypes, and then I'll quickly go over the other type of archetypes. Okay. Okay, okay good. You're so smart. God damn, you're so good. Okay, go ahead. No, no, I have done some research. That's all. Okay. Uh, so Jung uh, breaks things down into ego types. There are three or four archetypes. There are soul types, another four, and there are self types. Okay. So uh, Jung talks about actually the same thing that Michael Haig talks about which is this concept of the persona, which is the mask that we show the outside world. Mm -hmm. And there's the self, which is who we are truly inside, deep inside. And so that's two different archetypes that our characters can have. They can have this persona or they can have their actual self. So, okay, um, and wait a minute, I got a lot of things I'm writing down here, the persona versus true self. Right. And when we talk about ego types, soul types, and self types, are, are does every person have one of each of these? Or okay, let's just go through the list. Then I'll ask you my questions. I I think I could be absolutely wrong, but I think that we have just one or two types. And actually, you know, true characters, true human beings can probably will be a mix of different types. Okay. Okay. All right. So under ego types, they have the innocent, which is a person who just wants to be happy and do things the right way. There's the everyman wait, 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 who wait, likes. Wait. Okay. I'm, I'm still going to stop asking questions. What's the second one? The everyman. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to run through these. Good, good. Run. Um, and the everyman's goal is to belong, to connect with people. Okay. There's the hero who um, is an expert in some way that in a way that improves the world. And do they have a defining goal? Like to be happy uh, to, to, to prove their own worth through courageous acts. That's interesting that it has to be. That's, that's pretty specific. Yeah, I know. Right. And there's the caregiver who obviously likes to help others and protect people. Okay. Um, and each of these, of course, has their own weakness as well. So for the innocent, their weakness is um, their naivete. Okay. For the everyman, their weakness is um, losing his own self in an effort to blend in with others. Okay. And for the hero, their weakness is arrogance, always needing to engage in battle. Mm -hmm. Or have a Patreon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the caregiver. And, and the caregiver's weakness is martyrdom, our being exploited, taken advantage of. I think this is very, I'm digging these archetypes. Okay, that was good. Yeah. Soul. The different soul types are the explorer, whose goal is to get more a more fulfilled life. They don't like being fenced in and their weakness is aimless wandering. 
Oh, wow. Not fitting in anywhere. Okay. There's the rebel whose goal is to overturn what isn't working, to cause revolution. Yep. And their weakness could be crossing over to the dark side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, Anakin Skywalker. Okay. There's the lover whose goal is to be in a relationship to work with people. And their weakness. Other. Huh? Work with people or work work with people or work with a significant other. Either or both. Okay. And the weakness? Um, Outward directed desire to please others at risk of losing their own identity. Okay. And then there's the creator or the artist. Okay. And their goal is to realize a vision, to create things, obviously. And the weakness? Perfectionism. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll be the, I'll be the artist. And then perfectionism. Yeah. I'm not really suffering from perfectionism, but maybe one day I can aspire to that weakness. Okay. And then there are self types. How many self types are there? Is it also four? It is. How tidy of him. Okay. Self types one. The jester who likes to have a good time. He's the joker. Um, And his weakness is wasting time. Oh, that's interesting. That I think Carl Jung was misunderstanding why someone is a jester. I think there's a lot more insecurity in a jester than that. But okay, carry on. There's the sage whose goal is to use intelligence and analysis to understand the world. Uh Okay. Uh, Their weakness is that they can study details forever and never actually do anything. Always a researcher, never a doer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. There's the magician (laughs) whose goal is to make dreams come true. And their weakness is to, is becoming manipulative. Yeah. Okay. And the last one is the ruler whose goal is to create a prosperous, successful family or community. And Uh their weakness is being authoritarian or the opposite, unable to delegate. Well, I guess that's part of being authoritarian is you yep. keep every all the power to yourself. Yep. Yep. And okay. Those are the 12 arc. They're fabulous. They're fabulous. I dig them huge. You've looked these up before now. Have you found this useful? Have you found that your characters tend to fall into one or two of these archetypes? Yes, I have. And even as I was reviewing these, I was thinking, well, the hero of the novella that I'm writing right now falls firmly into um, that last archetype of the ruler. He is so well-meaning. He wants to help his family, but by doing so, he's taking away their autonomy. So that's very fascinating. That's very fascinating. Um, I'm just looking. The very first one was the innocent. Mm-hmm. And their goal was to be happy. And I think of an innocent as being someone who lacks experience, not necessarily someone who, whose goal is happiness. I mean, the, that's kind of a bleak view to think that someone who is innocent, you know, you, you can't have experience and expect to be happy, right? I mean, that's kind of bleak. Then yeah, the it is. Goal, you have to be innocent. It's true. 
But yeah, also remember should... there is, you don't have to be just one type. You can be a blend of types. And of course, an innocent, if you, if you assume that the opposite of innocence is experience, then uh, obviously someone who starts out a book as an innocent is going to lose that innocence through their, through their experiences. So, so this is just like, you know, I took the Myers-Briggs when I was 25 and I took it again now and I, I changed. I had changed. What a surprise. Right. <laughs> so this is, if we're talking about archetypes as a resource for novels and romance novels in particular, then what we're looking at is this character arc of where do you go from, from one archetype to another or from one, you know, you, or you have to get beyond yeah. the the weakness of your archetype get beyond the weakness of your archetype yeah yeah some of these i think though would have to evolve some of them i mean the hero's going to stay a hero the ruler's going to stay a ruler you're ne- you're never going to get to these characters who are assertive and strong well i suppose they could become weak and passive and that might be sort of interesting to watch although not very good for romance but a jester no, but- or a, a, a creator. I mean, these these are people who could evolve into heroes or rulers or explorers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the ruler can learn to be more diplomatic and not to take any everything on himself. That's true. That's true. I think this is really cool. I think that if we if we took the next two or three hours, which we're not gonna. We could come up with an example from from pop culture or literature for each of these each of these archetypes. I think that would be really fun, but obviously we're not going to get to do it now. But what a cool thing that would be um, to say. Go ahead. Absolutely. And that brings me to the next person who talks about archetypes, who is the romance author, Tammy Cowden. And she has a book called Heroes and Heroines, where she talks about heroic archetypes. And actually, she breaks her archetypes down into hero archetypes and heroine archetypes and villain archetypes. Oh, you know, one of my favorite, one of of my favorite, uh, uh, I love the fact that Joss Whedon once said, every villain believes they're the hero. Every villain has pure motives and thinks they're doing the right thing. That's a good villain. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Tammy Cowden's heroes and heroines and the villains. I'm, I'm interested. I've got pen at hand. I'm ready to go. Tell me. Okay. The hero archetypes are as follows. There's the chief, which is the leader. Mm-hmm. And so she did go into pop culture to get examples. So she did. says, think William Shatner in Star Trek. Harrison Ford in Sabrina, or Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Okay, good. Very nice to have these. Okay. (laughs) Then there's the bad boy. Dangerous to know. He walks on the wild side. Matt Damon in Good Will Hunting. Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing. James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. Nice. Nice. Okay. There's the best friend. The best friend is sweet and safe, and he never lets you down. Example. Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life. Hugh Grant in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Okay, good. There's the charmer who is more than a gigolo. He creates 
fantasies. So Leonard <laughs> DiCaprio in Titanic. Ah, okay, good. There's the lost soul, who is the sensitive one, tortured, secret, brooding. <laughs> Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. Beast oh, in Beauty and the Beast. Shrek. Nice. Nice. Heathcliff. Yes. Okay. There's the professor who is cool and analytical. Um, Leonard Nimoy in Star Trek. Right. <laughs> That's a good one. Russell, Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind. Okay. Kelsey Grammer in Frasier. Um, there's the swashbuckler, Mr. Excitement. He's the adventure. Antonio <laughs> Banderas in The Mask of Zorro. Michael Douglas in Romancing the Stone, one of my absolute all-time favorite movies. <laughs> I am loving this. Jack Sparrow. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is so much and fun. And okay. there's the warrior, who is the noble champion, uh, Russell Crowe and Gladiator, Mel Gibson and Braveheart. Okay. So those are the hero archetypes. They're excellent. They're excellent. And they're a heroine archetypes. Wait, I'm going to tell you something I think is very interesting is that she, in her examples, she does not say the character. She says the actor. And I'm sure that's psychologically interesting. She does not say Spock. She says Leonard Nimoy. That's interesting, don't you think? Okay, heroin archetypes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, heroin archetypes. We have the boss, who's the go-getter, climbing the ladder of success. Candace Bergen in Murphy Brown. Kate Blanchett in Elizabeth. Good. There's the seductress, the enchantress who gets her way. <laughs> Vivian Lee in Gone with the Wind. Liz Taylor in Cleopatra. Good. <laughs> There's the spunky kid, gutsy and true, loyal to the end. That would be Meg Ryan in Sleepless in Seattle. Or Melanie Griffith in Working Girl. Ah, I like that one better. Okay. Fiona in Shrek. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Very spunky. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's the free spirit, the eternal optimist. Uh, Jenna Elfman in Dharma and Greg or Lucille Ball. Goldie Hawn. Butterflies are free. Goldie Hawn. Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay, good. There's the wave, who's the damsel in distress. <laughs> that would be <laughs> Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. Or Demi Moore in Ghost. I have to look up Wave. That is, okay, all right, all right, I believe you, I'm with you. There's the librarian, Controlled and Clever. Uh, uh, that would be Kathleen Turner in Romancing the Stone. Aha. Uh-huh. Shelley Madam. Long in Cheers. Yep, good, good. There's okay. the Crusader, the dedicated fighter. Uh, yep. Think Sigourney Weaver in Alien. Absolutely. Ripley. Sarah Michelle Geller and Buffy. Yes, Buffy. <laughs> That's a very good one. <laughs> okay. And there's the nurturer, serene and capable. Uh, that would be Julie Andrews in Mary Poppins or Michelle Pfeiffer in Lady Hawk. Nice. <laughs> okay, very fun. And then there are the villain archetypes. Yes. How are they going to be different? That's what you want. Yes, because how are they going to be different from the hero and heroine? I'm fascinated. I can't wait to hear. Go ahead. She does not give examples of these, okay? All right. Let's see if we can come up with some. Sure. 
There's the tyrant, the bullying despot who wants power at any price. Well, that's interesting because we have to come up with a villain. Okay, it's going to take too long. All right, tyrant. There's the bastard, dispossessed son, burns with resentment. Richard III. (laughs) Yeah, there's the devil, charming fiend, gives people what he thinks they deserve. Oh, that's a, that's there's yes. Okay, what well, he thinks they deserve. That's interesting. Okay. There's the traitor, the double agent. He betrays those who trust him most. See, I think this would be a really interesting list to take this and turn each one of these people into the hero. Okay, keep going because we're yes. only on the Yes, yes. Okay, there's the outcast, the lonely outsider who wants desperately to belong. Okay. The evil genius, the malevolent mastermind. <laughs> who loves to show off his superior intelligence. Think of any Bond villain. Have you ever <laughs> seen um, Joss Whedon, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? Wow, so fantastic. Yes. Oh my God, so fantastic. So fantastic. We want to get into the evil <laughs> league of evil. <laughs> yes. Okay. There's the sadist, the savage predator who enjoys cruelty for its own sake. Yeah, good. There's the terrorist, the Dark Knight. He serves a warped code of honor. All these people serve a warped code of honor, but okay, I see the I see the difference in the archetype. All right. The bitch, an abusive autocrat, lies, cheats, and steals her way up to the top. Mm-hmm. Right. Steals little- his way up to the top. Okay. The black widow, beguiling siren, lures her victims into her web. Okay. And the backstabber. Two-faced friend delights in duping the unsuspecting. Nice. The lunatic. So we're into female villains. I gathered. I gathered. Although, um, look at that. Run out of time, but 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 keep going. Lunatic. I'm just going to quickly go through the last five. Go ahead. There's the lunatic, an unbalanced mad woman. Yep. Uh, there's the parasite who collaborates for her own comfort. It's interesting that these are coming under the heading of a female villain. These are, uh, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to rise up on my feminist horse, but keep going. Yeah. There's the schemer, a lethal plotter devises the ruin of others. Mm-hmm. The fanatic, an uncompromising extremist does wrong in the name of good. Okay. And finally, there's the matriarch, the motherly oppressor who smothers her loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever watch Justified? No. Oh, it's a it's it's a it's an incredible series starring Timothy Oliphant, who always makes my heart beat a little faster. But he had the best it it has the best matriarch bad guy in the history of the universe. You've never seen a better bad guy who is in the in the in the in the most glorious way defending her family, right? And she defends her family by killing people and then feeding everybody, right? She's she's a really rich, glorious character. Your lists are so inspirational. I need more time with all of them. But I want to turn, A, I want to turn all the villains into heroes because I think everything except for the sadist would make an interesting journey. And I suppose if you write erotica, the sadist would be a good one too. And B, <laughs> it pisses me off that a lot of these things a lot of the villains show up under the women's category that could so easily 
Like if you had a, a male black widow, that would be awesome. If I mean, lunatic, parasite, schemer, yeah. fanatic, all of those things could easily be men. So I'm prepared to, and I'm prepared to do it. I also take issue with her hero archetypes and heroine archetypes. They could easily be either sex, I think. Boss, seductress, spunky, free spirit, waif, librarian, critic, you're right. Well, this is an interesting, you know, we've talked about the, the importance of subverting tropes that you come across a, a standard. How can you twist it to make it more interesting? How can you twist it to make it a better story? And uh, you could you could hardly do better than a, a lady swashbuckler or a or a, a male free spirit. I mean, this yes. is gorgeous. This is gorgeous. I'm literally going to type these words into the show notes so that anybody listening. I have it all typed up, so you don't need to. Oh, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're so good at this. All right. They'll be in the show notes. So if you've been listening while on the treadmill or riding in the car or something, um, you can go to the show notes and there it'll all be for you. It'll all be right there. Yes. And Tammy Cowden has a book. Uh, hero and heroines and she has another one just on villains which talk about all of the archetypes and all the blendings that you can do with her archetype that's awesome so yeah. this is like i mean here's here's your book right here i mean if you start with an empty page and throw some of these archetypes in your book will write itself oh i'm excited i can't wait yeah. next week our topic is voice you'd already forgotten we talked about this for 10 minutes before we got on the podcast <laughs> we talk about voice we're going to talk about the authorial voice and how important that is and in the that meantime very interesting listen listen to the podcast and rate the podcast and send us questions which you can do at the writers block party podcast.com and actually i would be very interested in people's opinions on us setting up a Patreon and on Spotify and Apple setting up paid subscriptions for podcasts. I need more input to decide where I stand on that. So if any listener wants to weigh in, honey, you will have an, an eager audience. So writers block party. Um, thank you, Meredith. I'm all fired up now. I'm, I'm just thank archetype you. happy. <laughs> and i'll talk to you next week about voice absolutely and oh and don't forget if you want to join our discord group to email me at mary at meredithbond.com excellent because we're having a good time there it's for writers people who like to write come on and you can talk with a bunch of writers including me and mary and you know I will be happily ignorant with you, and Meredith will answer all your questions. It's better than a Patreon. And there are it's other people there who. <laughs> there are other people there who will also answer your questions. That's we true. all we share have... our knowledge, which is wonderful. We're beginning to get a little crew of people who know what they're doing. I am very grateful. I need a lot of help. Yeah. Okay, Meredith. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. 
That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.